I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> After further review, finally we got the busiest and hardest working man in Northwest Ohio, Southeastern Michigan, and travels all abroad. The coach, the trainer, and the NBA scout, Darren Cohn, the coach. What's up, Coach Cohn? Hey, how you doing today, man? That's a nice intro. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, you're the jack of all trades, man. Oh man, I guess. I guess that's what they tell me. As long as it pays the bills, right? Yeah, that is true. That's the that's the hustle that we have. So anyway, Coach Cohn, uh, welcome back to the show. We tried for at least the last three weeks to get you on the show, and uh, uh, it's it's been pretty much crazy because you've always been either busy or we just can't really hook up. You know, that's just how life goes. Yeah, I've been on the move a little bit, some different time zones, and then uh, so just you know staying busy. Um, as you said, a lot of different things, a, a brief stint at NBA Summer League, had a family reunion, um, doing some training, was kind of back and forth with a few players, and then uh, and then doing doing some business business work as well. So, yeah, it's on the go, but, you know, I love the hustle, love the grind, keeps me busy. Grind now, shine later, right? I, I, I'm waiting for the shine, I guess. Right, everyone's <laughs> waiting for the, for, the, for the shine, but what's it going Welcome to the show. We give you the after further review uh, round of applause. So every time we have you on here, we talk a little bit about the NBA and a couple of important things. We got the summer league uh, finally ending. And uh, notice everyone was talking about why is the summer league so much on ESPN? I think it's the Phil Black because obviously in July is the slowest uh, period for sports uh, talk radio and just sports in general. I mean, you got the All Star break for the Major League Baseball. So there's nothing on TV. And obviously the three major sports that a lot of people are you know, interested in or the other two major sports, football and basketball, are still in their off seasons and hockey just ended. So you got NBA Summer League and it was all over NBA TV. All thirty teams or all was it all thirty two teams were actually in the Vegas tournament this year, right? That's the first time ever. First time ever, yep, absolutely. It's it's become the really the Mecca of uh, summer basketball and, and, and the largest gathering point for the NBA profession where years ago it was NBA all-star weekend, but now because there's so much business that happens, uh, during summer league, um, both with players and with coaching staffs and scouts and teams, um, you know, Vegas summer league is sort of the, the largest global basketball event, um, really in the world because, you know, just as summer league's going on, in 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 parallel, there's um, many other combines for overseas and European and, and and Asian professional leagues. So not only are all the NBA front offices um, present, but most of the front offices are at least representatives from almost every professional team globally um, now come to Vegas for that event. 
Um, so it, it's quite the spectacle. It's it's the the who's who of basketball, and it's the the number one uh, networking event in professional basketball in the world. Where um, you know in college basketball, that's clearly the Final Four. And for many many years, it was um, NBA All Star Weekend, as I alluded to. But now, uh, really, the the number one event is NBA Summer League. And very oddly, the second probably best uh, you know networking or professional development event has become the NBA D League Showcase which happens right after the new year every year, and it rotates locations last year being in Toronto, Canada. So it's, it's been interesting to see the, the, the business shift uh, of, of, of that side of the, of the sport. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, and I see a lot of uh, trainers like DJ Sachs, Sackman and Alex Bazala, um, Tyler Ralph, and they were all at Vegas, Jordan Lawley. I'm like, man, all these guys are there in, in, in Vegas. Also, they go to NBA All-Star Weekend, but it's almost like a who's who is there. And it's more like a business trip. You know, usually some people say go to Vegas and you celebrate. But most of the time, as you mentioned, it seems like everyone's there to network or push a product. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's long days, man. I used to have to go earlier in my career for 12 to 14 days at a time. And, you know, you're, you're up and, and, and working at 7 a.m. And, and then sometimes you know, functions and, and organize events go till midnight. And then if you choose to do anything social after that, that that's your candle burning. But uh, you, you got to, there's no excuse to not be back on the grind in the morning. So it's, it can certainly wear you down. And then when you're coming from a different coast or a different time zone, there and back, you know, that, that obviously plays a part in it as well. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a great event, man. It's, it's the week of opportunity, uh, a lot of opportunities in, in many ways, um, and people have really taken notice, you know, to the players that have been able to, to turn Summer League into much more opportunity. Where before, it was uh, a bit of, um, you know, kind of handpicking your guys and, and letting them play uh, together before NBA um, um, training camp starts. But now it's it's much more of a, of a, of a, of a tryout opportunity. There's, much, there's a lot more guys on teams. Uh, where it's not eight guys on a team as when Summer League first started. Now many teams have 14, 15, 16 guys. And some of those are for political avenues, and, and they don't even get any tick. But they are in a uniform, and it, and it, and it helps agents. It helps guys with their overseas value and things of that nature. But, um, you know, guys are able to not only make rosters for the team they're playing for in Summer League, but also, many times they're not contractually obligated, so they get they're getting to play in front of the other thirty plus teams. And sometimes the day after summer league's over, um, they sign with a team that they weren't wearing the jersey in summer league, uh, and that's happening quite frequently. And so it's it's a it's a it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity for the players um, to get the maximum visibility, um, and uh, and then you know anyone in the profession from um, coaching to scouting to trainers to um tv personalities radio talk show hosts i mean all the way down the board it's an opportunity to to grow your experience and your network and 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 it's the they call it the hotline when you're in vegas the hotline on the job market <laughs> wow i didn't know it was all that well so if they have this then why did this year they have summer league out in Utah and the California Classic out there in Sacramento? If if basically if all the main networking and main summer ball is in Vegas and they do, I do, I think you get guaranteed five games in Vegas. That includes at least a playoff game. So why now? I think I don't even think they did Orlando this year, did they? Yeah, so those are those are set up a little different. Those are much more focused on just the basketball and tighter rosters. Uh, um, 
you know, no uh, um, fans and media and things like that. It's it's very locked down. They've had one in Utah and Orlando for for several years. Yeah. Orlando yeah. canceled theirs this year for the first time, and California kind of took the opportunity to pick that up. But it's much less teams, um, and it's you know it's it's a week and a half or a week or so earlier. So it it definitely has a different um, a different agenda, I would say. Uh, and you know, so that that's more of a, of a training camp mindset for the for the youthful players. But um, I could go I could go much more in depth to the differences, but probably not too interested to to the listeners. But uh, yeah, that, they're they're slightly different. Yeah, I mean, I'll just give us give us maybe two differences. I mean, <laughs> you know, a little skim off the cake a little bit. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is it's it's not marketed. It's not it's not. Uh, there's no revenue generated. It's not for the fans. You know, there's no. It's totally closed to the outside. If you're not a coach uh, directly, um, you know, an NBA employee uh, of a team or the front office or a direct agent to a participating player, then you're not involved. You're not you're not invited. You're not. So it's completely closed to the outside. It's 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 not a public event where the nba has become the nba summer league in vegas has you know though it serves its purpose it's also become a fan frenzy type event where they're selling tickets and apparel and that you know they're doing the tv and as you alluded to earlier the espn and um it, it's it's also you know it's it's a global marketing event that's broadcast in over 150 countries and yada 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 so um it, it's just it's more of an nba a sponsored event where the Utah League is a Utah Jazz event and vice yeah. versa. Okay, so the Kings and the California, because I think most of the California Classic just had the California teams in it. And, and it is weird seeing like a Golden State Summer League team, because you know majority of those guys aren't going to make the team <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of stinks watching them. Uh, one experience that you had, did you meet any famous people while you were out in Vegas when you did your little NBA experience out there? Like, was, who was the most famous person you've met or, you know, you were in awe of? Oh, well, I mean, I've been doing this so long, I don't really get in awe anymore. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's all, I mean, all, all, all the big-time NBA players come through and make appearances, um, which that did not used to be the case. It was sort of like the rookies are out there and they do their thing. But, you know, LeBron was there. You know, all the big-time players come through. They may only take in a game or something, but then they're, you know, they're out on, out on the strip at, at some of the different spots or, um, you know, a lot of famous uh, rappers and musicians. They try to perform in Vegas during Summer League. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of great shows. Um, and then, you know, actors and things like that. It, same type of folks that you see courtside, uh, you know, at games, you know, they try to, to peep uh, Summer League as well. So, I mean, you know, every NBA All-Star for the most part, except for some of the older veterans, um, you know, come through, but but lots of musicians and, and things like that are checking it out. Um, and then you know, kind of cool, a lot of lot of uh, really good college players who aren't even in summer league um, who are preparing, as I said, to go overseas. Um, you know, are, are pretty visible and apparent as well. So I guess the, the question is, how does the overseas guys? Do they just come up to them like, hey, you did a good? Because I know on 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 one guy did I forget what his name was. He did really well. And they're like, well, he's signed to such and such and such, and he was like, oh, not anymore. I still can you know get assigned by an NBA team. So do the the the, the international teams just come up to the player after the game like, hey, you know, you look pretty good. We like to offer you a contract. Well, that's a that's a that's a. I mean, we could talk about that for hours. The international rules are, are are quite different, and they're different by country. Uh, most of it's governed by FIBA. 
but um, there are actual, uh, if you would, if you uh, kind of generic way of putting it, there are European summer leagues going on in Vegas oh, in correlation right. with the NBA. So there's a Korean camp. There, you know, there's a South American camp. There's multiple European camps that may have anywhere from 50 to 200 players in them. Um, you know, some of them right there on the same site uh, on the other side of campus at UNLV. There's the Jerry Tarkanian Basketball Center. There's multiple other facilities where there's these other camps that players are being evaluated by foreign countries, D-League teams, and things of that nature. Now, a player who's actually in NBA Summer League, there even that, there's a lot of variation. There's players who are already on an NBA contract. There's players who are on Summer League contract. There's players who are on two-way contracts. Each one of them kind of has a little bit different rules. But if there is uh, interest, um, you know, a, a, a professional organization from any country uh, can reach out uh, to the agent and, and you know, and, and express interest. Um, and same thing with M other NBA teams or the D-League uh, affiliates. Um, you know, a lot, most of the players on, on summer league rosters aren't locked in to that team. Um, and, you know, as a local example, you know, Nigel Hayes from Toledo, Ohio, uh, was with the New York Knicks at the end of the season. Well, he played um, about 10 minutes a game this summer for the Sacramento Kings uh, D-League team. I mean, D-League team, summer league team. So, you know, he wasn't even with New York, which is who he ended the season with. Yeah, and then another local connection we had was a few years ago was Brian Roberts. You know, he tried out. He went to the, tried out for the NBA right after college, after getting out of Dayton. Did the overseas thing for five or six years, then came back and had a great summer league with New Orleans uh, Hornets, and then ended up being in the league for another five years. Yeah, he played very well. That I was actually uh, working with uh, uh, with Miami that summer uh, with the Miami Heat uh, when he had a, a great summer league uh, for New Orleans. Uh, so it was really good. You know, and I've known him since he was in about third or fourth grade. So and and his family. So that was great to to experience that because you know, like a week after. Um, that summer league performance, he he signed his his contract with the Pelicans. Wow! And the, oh, the Pel well, was it the Hornets at then, or was it the Pelicans? Maybe I don't maybe. remember. I'm getting old. You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the Wikipedia of, of talk, basketball talk shows. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was wondering because I think they still had the old teal colors before them. But the, like I said, it was great to see Brian Roberts actually you know give it one more shot and then uh, actually uh, make it into the league. Um, kind of moving on from the summer league is is but then again. I guess my question is this. It is just rookies and guys that are borderline. Fran Frasilla was saying that it was almost like comparable to double-A baseball. Is that what the summer league competition is like? It's basically like double-A baseball. Um, you know, that's interesting because, uh, uh, I mean, I guess if you if you look at it top to bottom, that's fair because there's, there's a lot of guys who don't even play in summer league. They're just on rosters. And there's, there's – um, you know, if there's 15 guys on a roster and some of the teams only have 12, but some of them have up to 20 guys, if you really tune in on their roster, uh, you know, most of them teams are only playing eight or nine guys. So if, if you just looked at the top five guys on every team, you know, it's probably closer to like triple A baseball. But when you factor it all together, yeah, it might be more like double A or single A because, um, you know, there's there's some mid-major guys. There's a lot of um, high school guys that, uh, you know, that entered the draft. Um, that didn't go to uh, or um, like inform European guys and things that haven't really been evaluated. So it's it's sort of like a, a glorified tryout for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, because there's 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 a lot of people that are on summer league rosters that you know aren't even going to get invited to an NBA training camp, let alone make a roster. Um, but you know, when you look at the basically um, 90% of the NBA draft picks are also in summer league. So 
you know, it's it's yeah. I guess it's all perspective. Any draft picks uh, stand out to you? Trey Young, maybe Grayson Allen, Wendell Carter. Yeah. Trey Young scored the ball really well, uh, but I don't know that he he did a great job of making his teammates better, which is gonna you know gonna be the big question mark for him as he comes you know into the NBA. Uh, but he, you know he scored the ball pretty well. I really liked how uh, KJ McDaniel's for Portland played. He ended up being the MVP of the of the championship game from Clemson. Um, but you know the the whole the top ten guys or whatever that they listed uh, the Hart kid. I mean, I know he's a year out, but Hart you know w- was the leading scorer and ended up being the summer league MVP with the Lakers. Um, so you know the lot lot of impressive lot of impressive performances. It's sort of hard to always stack them up. Uh, you know individual performances because some some teams will play their guys every game. Some teams only play a guy one game or two games. Um, so you, you know you're comparing a, a performance of maybe a first round draft pick that might only played one game and another another first round draft pick that played five games or six games. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough to compare player to player. Um, but when you're just evaluating player for the fit for the opportunities within individual rosters um you know i think it gets pretty valuable and pretty uh informative in terms of information even before you dive into the analytics just straight up evaluating and play yeah now last question for this now if you play poorly (laughs) and you're a top pick in the summer league does that send out red flags like uh uh-oh (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm sure it certainly sends out red flags. Unfortunately, you know, if you're a first rounder and you're already on guaranteed contract, <laughs> no, that's true. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I, I remember a story a couple of years ago. You know, when Anthony Bennett was the number one pick for the Cavs, he showed up to the first game uh, like 30 minutes late. Uh, so they put him in street clothes, didn't let him play, and then it, it just seemed to be all downhill from there for for that young man. Unfortunately, and being there in his hometown, playing, you know, coming from UNLV and being there in Vegas, you know, he had a, a, a large contingent of people coming to to, to kind of get a look at him because um, he was already a, a surprise being the number one pick, and uh, it, you know, summer league just really started started the downward spiral for him unfortunately but yeah i mean i think people can really propel themselves and and people can um you know obviously hurt themselves like anything else you know one of the guys i've been impressed with i mean for a long long time i've known him since he was 15 and i recruited him but monty morris from flint michigan played at iowa state and you know he, he wasn't all summer league team but as a point guard he did a heck of a job for the denver nuggets team um quality assist to turnover ratio got his team involved scored when he had to and they actually signed him to a a a, a contract today um so you know that's a kid i've mentored for a long time and knows his mom real well and his family and his coaches. So I was super, super excited for him because he didn't put up these huge glaring numbers to, to be first or second team all summer league, but he did what he had to do to show that he fit um, what they needed. And he was rewarded today after, after a, a lot of hard work. So, you know, really happy for, for man, man or Monty, his nickname's man, man. No, nice. Now free agency uh, surprise LeBron went to Lakers. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, there was always the opportunity that Cleveland was going to, you know, convince him to stay. Um, But, you know, once it was clear that he wasn't going to stay, I I just don't know where else he would have went. I mean, and and the opportunity to go and and be uh, cohorts with Magic Johnson, uh, both as a player uh, player, you know, front office relationship, but also as, you know, just two global icons and, and two, you know, uh, big time entrepreneur and businessman. I just think it made sense, made sense, made sense. His wife loves LA. They have multiple houses there. Um, and now it's just, can, you know, can LA, 
uh, put enough pieces around him to, um, you know, get him. The dude's been to like every finals since we can remember, but now it's a whole different deal. Now you you would assume that they that they can maybe make it to the Western mm-hmm. Conference Finals, but can they beat Houston? Can they beat Golden State? Now that they're on the same side. So basically, you're saying if he would have went back to Cleveland, it would have been a surprise. Which this time around, there wasn't a lot of options really. It was pretty much Cleveland or L.A., and we knew with him and Dan Gilbert that probably Cleveland was going to be axed out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Philadelphia had the money and and, and had the youthful talent, um, but it, it just didn't make sense for where LeBron's at in his career. So yeah, I didn't, you know, uh, all year long you've had the Le- LeBronometer on on the internet of all the chances of all the different teams that he could go to, and and really, I mean, it, it, to me, it was always Cleveland or L.A. Um, did, I didn't really see any option anywhere else. Uh, and as the, as, the, as the season wind down, both with the coaching scenarios and the roster scenarios with Cleveland, um, and you already mentioned the, the, the ownership relationship, uh, you know, it just seemed like LeBron felt like he did what he promised he'd do. He promised he'd bring a championship to Ohio. He did that. And, uh, you know, I think the writing was on the wall that it was going to be even harder to do it again. So he wants to go down and try to win another championship. And, you know, why not do that with – one of the two most historic basketball, or two or three most historic basketball programs ever. And then last thing, Kawhi Leonard goes to Toronto. But how common is it for superstars to kind of hold a team hostage and say, well, I'm not going to play for you or you got to do this for me or you mean, is it is it a lot more behind the scenes because it just seemed like everything was going well at San Antonio for Kawhi and then the injury happened and then the teammates spoke out against him and then it was just a slippery slide down slope? Yeah, you know, that was one I didn't pre- predict to get as ugly as it did. That really shocks me because that's so uh, atypical of the Spurs organization. I'm not really sure who's to blame. Probably usually when you dig in, it's, it's both sides. But, you know, I don't know that the Holden Hosses thing is – I mean, I think that's becoming more and more common, but it's also happened back in the day. I mean, you know, I mean, when Kobe was drafted before he was in a star, he held his team hostage. So it has happened. Um, but, yeah, this was quite interesting. And the other part that was interesting is, like, both teams, Toronto and uh, San Antonio, they, 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 the deal that they made kind of alleviates the immediate problem, but it doesn't solve the issue because I don't see either of those players staying for more than one year. Um, you know, I, I mean, Kawhi's already said once the, the money stacks up right, and, and he can, he's going to sign with L.A. And, you know, let's be honest, De- DeMar DeRozan is not going to be a, a long-term fit for the Spurs. He just doesn't, doesn't fit that style. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, unfortunately, uh, probably the media and too many people got involved and it festered out of control for San Antonio. And Toronto, you know, DeMar just isn't good enough to, to get them over the hump. And so, you know, they already ousted a coach because of it. And, you know, now they made the player change as well. So, I, you know, it, it was interesting. It's been, been a lot of interesting things. And, and about two, two seasons ago when the new salary caps came out and a lot of players got overpaid and there were so many max contracts and, you know, players who didn't deserve them were getting them. That's all kind of come full circle right now. And it has some teams a bit handcuffed. Uh, handcuff maybe isn't the right word, but it's a lot tighter to make the moves that they want for players that are currently available right now. But next year, it should open back up again. And that's actually the better free agent market, actually. Oh, no question. I mean, you know, some of the moves that are happening right now are ridiculous. Look at Oklahoma City just traded uh, Carmelo to, to Atlanta, and Atlanta's going to buy him out and get rid of Atlanta's not even going to keep Carmelo. But it's all just a money thing. You know, Carmelo... Um, 
because of his contract and some of the other things Oklahoma had done in the past with players that they've lost, you know, they're going to open up like $100 million of free cap space by moving Carmelo, but they needed Atlanta, you know, to take some of that hit. So, you know, kind of crazy. But you'll see um, within the next day or so, Carmelo won't be with the Hawks anymore. Yeah. And, and there's a good chance that Oklahoma City doesn't keep Dennis Schroeder. So they, they make this big, what appears to be a blockbuster trade of two, you know, former All-Stars, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and neither one of them are going to end up on the roster. Wow, that that's kind of crazy, but it's always all about the money, isn't it? Uh, always about making the dollars and cents work. I, I, I'm not I'm not a crystal ball, but I predict that Carmelo ends up in Houston and Dennis Shooter ends up in New Orleans. But we'll see. Mm, man, and Boogie Cousins, were you surprised that uh, he's over in uh, Golden State? Or well, I'm not surprised that he wanted to go. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they made it work. But <laughs> I might be able to get on the end of the Golden State roster like a league man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, how did how they win? Every time they win a championship, they get stronger. It's amazing. Yeah, like you said, though, maybe this is the, the the full circle of all those teams. You know, signing those bad contracts, you get handcuffed. Now you can't really do anything. And it seems like Golden State, who was just smart, played it well. Yeah, yeah, they, they've they've done some great things. All right, Coach Cohen, thanks for calling. What you got coming up next? The next uh, month or so. Oh, man. I mean, it's going to slow down a little bit. I've been doing some some training and, and doing some work with uh, Hassan Whiteside of the, of the Miami Heat and um, trying to figure out uh, maybe a change in what team I'm affiliated with next season, uh, you know, kind of working out some of those things with some meetings and, um, you know, just staying in the gym, trying to uh, get back to Toledo, work with some young kids, been working with some young kids at a couple of high schools when I have time. And, um, you know, other than that, just trying to enjoy some of this good weather. We've been having some great weather. Um uh, you know, that we're not always blessed with all year long in the Midwest. Yeah, that's true. And you said you train. So you do all positions? Or you, I thought you figured you were just a guard, so you probably do the guard work. But then again, you know, I do post work, and usually I'm just a guard. But you do training. No, I mean, I, I've, I've always trained all positions. But in, in the NBA, I've kind of created a niche with myself with big men. I mean, uh, I've, I've specialized in working with big men for quite a while, especially a lot of summer league-type fringe players. You know, a few years ago, I did a ton of work with Dexter Pittman, who came out of Texas, and uh, Jarvis Bernardo, who came out of Mississippi State. Both of them spent multiple years in the NBA, and Arnett Moultrie, who was with the Philadelphia 76ers, and Big Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he's I've known him for, for many years. Uh, so, you know, I've spent a lot of time developing bigs and, and, and kind of made a niche for that. But, you know, I've been doing it for so long. It's 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 whatever whatever the need is whatever the fit is I'm I'm on it. Yeah, coaching is coaching. Any kind of ways that if people are listening to WXT or our podcast uh, after further review, they can you know reach out to you either on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, I'm on all of those. Probably the easiest one to find is my Twitter, Coach Darren K. That's Coach D A R R E N K. That's my Twitter. Um, also got a YouTube channel. Same thing, Coach Darren K. With some some uh, recruiting and training videos, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not hard to find. No, that is true, and but you are hard hard to I'm get. hard to catch. catch. I'm hard to catch, yeah. but I'm not hard to find. Ain't hard to find, <laughs> but you are hard to catch and hard to have a segment. And once again, Darren, thanks so much for calling in, man. You bet, man. Please appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure. All right, thanks, Coach. Yep. Bye bye. Yep. That was Coach Darren Cone uh, giving you some insight on the nba and his training and everything so uh 
Once again, another good segment from Coach Cone. We always put it up on the podcast. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. It's WXGT's After Further Review on SoundCloud and After Further Review just on iTunes. Once you put it up there and you're subscribed to us, it'll notify you that we have a new podcast up. Coming up on the show, we're going to have... Um, uh, excuse me, sorry. We're going to have... Uh, more with us going through but like i said you can always keep listening to our podcast here and in breaking news he just had breaking news that carmelo anthony was traded to the atlanta hawks but then it looks like the hawks are going to wave him and somehow some way he's going to be with uh the houston rockets craziness going on here isn't it anyway it's 88.3 wgt's after further review when we return more fun with david myself and frank Vashner. We'll be back after this. Mm-hmm. 